This is so important. Faith is not always feelings, and feelings are not always faith. Hi, welcome back to the Pastor Scott Huffman podcast from Lighthouse Church in Irvine, California. Pastor Scott is continuing to speak on faith. We hope you're excited for today's message because Pastor Scott has some interesting things to share about faith from a grammatical to an emotional point of view. Enjoy. You know, as I mentioned earlier, God told me to speak on faith, and that's exactly what we're doing. Two days ago, I spoke on faith, and uh, we had 14,000 people listening at once. That's quite a bit, right, around the world. And people were encouraged and blessed, and we prayed for the sick, as we do in our church. And God is reaching out through the airwaves and through the power of prayer. Yes, Marilyn? Okay. Through the power of prayer and healing the sick and doing the miraculous. And God gave me a word for someone or several people about their legs. And something was wrong in their legs and their feet. And uh, I prayed for them. And then the Lord told me to say to them, get up and do something, right? That you couldn't do before. Jesus always, when he healed the sick, he usually gave some form of instruction. Go wash your eyes. Uh, give her something to eat. There was always instructions after he uh, released the healing power upon them. And so many times when God touches us, we need to be obedient and do what the Lord says to do to complete that healing in our lives. You know, I love to speak about faith. Uh, I love to preach on it because it's the only thing that pleases God. You could try to please God with a lot of different things, there's, but there's only one way, and that's to believe. You know, the disciples came to Jesus and said, Hey, Jesus, we can't believe it. Man, the miracles you're doing, they're amazing. You're casting out demons. You're healing the sick. You're even raising the dead. How do you do that, Jesus? We want to do it. And Jesus said, this is the work that you believe, that you would believe. That's the only work God requires of you is that you would believe him. But yet Jesus said, on the other hand, will the Son of Man find faith when he returns? Do you know how many people in the world simply don't have faith? They're skeptics. They doubt. Uh, they're scoffers. But believers in Christ are called to be people of faith. The just shall live by faith. The Bible says we have the same spirit of faith. All of us as believers have the spirit of faith dwelling in us. And that spirit of faith is the spirit of victory. Let's look at 2 Corinthians 4.13. Just go over one more book, or two books. 2 Corinthians and since we have the same spirit of faith, according to what is written, I believed. Everybody, let's say this together. I believed, and therefore I spoke. We also believe, and therefore we speak. What are you talking about today? <laughs> are you talking about the Lord and the things of God and the Word of God? Or are you talking about things that really don't matter? You know, we spend a lot of our time in life talking about wasteful and useful thing, and useless things that really don't add up to much. And uh, it's not that we have to always be talking about the Lord, but that ought to be one of our priorities. Jesus said, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. So we believe and therefore we speak words of faith. You know, the Greek, the Greek word for faith is Nike. I happen to have a pair of Nikes on today. Now, I'm not doing an advertisement, but what's the name of that guy uh, that's in the NBA? Kyrie, Kyrie, Kyrie. Anybody ever heard of him? One of the best players in the NBA, and he, he wears these shoes. Well, I'm wearing them too, but these aren't his shoes. His feet are about twice as big as mine. Uh, but I got these pair of Nikes for Christmas, 
And this kid came up to me in a restaurant. We were having uh, some food. Marilyn, and he said, hey, that's Tyree's shoes. And I said, uh, whose? And he goes, uh, yeah, that's his brand that he sells and he wears. And so we had a little conversation. I didn't even know that. But anyway, so we all are familiar with Nike, um, the shoes and the clothing. And, uh, oh, boy, I have Nike on today, too. I'm all over it. I had to get some kind of stipend here. Um, <laughs> you know, but there is a statue in the Louvre. Anybody know where the Louvre is? Paris, France. We've been there. And it is a depiction of the Greek goddess Nike. And it's a winged creature without a head. We've been there to, to actually take pictures. The head, I guess, must have fallen off at some point in time. But it's a very unique uh, sculpture. And it really means victory, conquest, mastery, and triumph. See, God called you in life to be the master over circumstances, to be victorious in this life, to be successful. See, a lot of people say, I can't seem to find success in my life. Well, follow the words of the Bible. This book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that thou may observe it according to all that is written in. For then you will make your way prosperous, then you'll make your way successful. You see, he gave the words God gave to Joshua. Meditate the word, speak the word, and I'll make you a success in this life. The problem is we want to follow the world's way of being successful. Forget it. Follow God's way. And God will make you success in, the life, in this life. God has called us to be victorious, praise God, and to triumph over disease, sickness, the world, and the obstacles of life. Does anybody have any trouble in life? <laughs> in this life, you're going to have trouble. Trouble, trouble, trouble. Trouble rhymes with T and spells like T. There was a movie years ago, what was it called? The Music Man. And Job himself in the Bible says, as the sparks fly upward, you ever been to a campfire? What do you notice about the sparks? They fly up into the dark sky. He said, as the sparks fly upward, man is born to trouble. Jesus said, in the world, you'll have trouble, you'll have tribulation, but be of good cheer. What? Help me. I have overcome the world. If Christ overcame the world and he dwells in you, what can you do? Overcome the world. And you ought to expect that in your life. Now, it may not happen today, may not happen tomorrow, may not happen next week, but if you stand in faith and believe God, that mountain is going to move. That obstacle is going to move, right? And we all need obstacles moved in our life, and the Lord knows that. God has called us to complete and utter victory in this life through Jesus Christ. The problem is many believers don't walk in victory. And it's not God's fault, <laughs> The Bible says we've been blessed with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places. We've got the equipment. We've got the goods. Now we've got to walk in it. So God brings people in the body of Christ like myself to teach you how to walk in faith, how to receive by faith those things that are promised in the word of God, standing on the promises of God and receiving them. You know, the Bible actually says we are super conquerors. <laughs> a super conqueror is a conqueror and so much more. We have absolute victory in this life. So as believers, we exercise our faith and we walk in the spirit of victory. Faith will always lead you to victory. Now, sometimes it'll take you through the fire. It'll take you through the flood. It'll take you through some very hard places in life. And we've all been through those places. Many are 
the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers him or her out of them all. God delivers the righteous, but he didn't say you wouldn't have afflictions, because we do. But with faith, we can please God and receive his blessing. Also, faith is the vehicle by which we receive from the Lord to walk in victory, success, health, and prosperity. You know, God wants you to prosper in this life. John said, I wish above all things that you may prosper and be in health as your soul prospers. Now, we're not saying we need to all, you know, drive a wire rim Cadillac and live at the top of the hill and walk around in, in uh, leather duds. And, you know, that's not the point. The point, God wants to prosper and bless your life as you serve him. And the Bible says, I've never seen the righteous forsaken, and I've never seen his seed begging for bread. So when you walk with God, God's going to provide. My God shall supply all your needs according to his riches and glory. Trust him. He'll meet all your needs and more. The Bible says in 1 John, whatever is born of God overcomes the world, and this is the victory, even our faith. Where did faith come from? We talked about it last week. Help me. Faith is a gift. By grace are you saved through faith, that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man boast. You receive salvation and faith is a gift. Now use that gift to experience the blessing of God in your life and to reach others with the gospel and the love of God. So how do we describe faith? Let me put it this way. Simply put, faith is, a, is supernatural information. How do you like that? Now, some people think they got the insider, you know, and uh, I got the insider trading, you know, on Wall Street, and I'm going to invest in this, this stock and this bond and so forth. That's worldly success. God knows the truth, and he gives us inside information so that we might use that information to be a blessing to ourselves and to others in this life. So faith really is knowing something that nobody else knows, you know. And as I mentioned last week, sometimes you just tell people, I know because I know. Well, it's that inward witness. The Holy Spirit has showed you something, and nobody is going to talk you out of it, right? Because God has showed you. You know you're a believer today. The Bible says his spirit bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. I've never doubted my salvation. I don't say that in a bragging way, but the point is God reveals to us we're children of God, that we're going to heaven. <laughs> Isn't that good news? Now, when you get this information, here's the key. A lot of Christians miss this. Now you have to act on that information. <clears throat> if you just let it sit there, it's not going to do any good. We talked about Abraham. And what did God say to Abraham? Abraham, get out of your country, get away from your family, and go to the land that I tell you, and I will make your name great. I will make a great nation out of you. I will bless those that bless you, and I will curse those that curse you. And the Bible says, Abraham went, he obeyed, and get this, not knowing where he was going. That's faith. Sometimes you don't know where you're going, but God's telling you to go. And you found this place, you found this church, and all of you have a different story why you're here. But God brought you here. There was a purpose in your life. God can get the information to us, but we need to receive the information and act upon that information. It will develop a course of action in your life. Uh, it's interesting that faith is a noun. Now we're talking English. Now we're doing uh, <laughs> punctuation and so forth and vocabulary and those kind of things. Faith is a noun, a person, place, or thing. But belief is a what? A verb. So faith is information, 
But in order to do something with that information, you must believe. And what is believe? It is, come on, action. Action. When Jesus healed people, he told them to do something. And if they didn't respond, they didn't receive the healing of the miracle many times. So as we get information from God, we respond with corresponding action in our lives. And then we receive the blessing. Amen? So it's important that we understand that distinction between faith and belief. Because a lot of Christians say, I believe intellectually, I understand the Bible, I believe in God, I believe in salvation. But it's not working in their life. Why? It hasn't penetrated their heart. It hasn't gone from their mind to their heart. It hasn't gone to just knowing something and then acting upon it and doing it. And it's in the doing is the receiving. Amen? You've got to step out by faith. Abraham went, and what happened? God led him to the land of Canaan, which became modern-day Israel. You know, Israel became a nation in 1948. Did you know that? It's in pretty important times you guys are living because Israel had not been a nation for over 2,000 years. And God said to Ezekiel, can these dry bones live again? And Ezekiel saw this vision of these dry bones. And he said, I don't know, God, can they? And all of a sudden, muscle and sinew and ligaments came back on these dead bones. And the Spirit of God breathed on these bones and they became alive, living people. And in 1948, according to the prophecy given to Ezekiel, God called his people back into the land of Israel, and these dry bones are alive once again. Isn't that awesome? In 1998, 50 years later, in the year of Jubilee, this church began in Southern California, Long Beach. We started in the year of Jubilee. Jesus came preaching in the year of Jubilee, the year of spiritual release, spiritual freedom. Amen. I was born again in 1972, and revival began, the Jesus movement. You've all seen probably the Jesus Revolution. Great movie uh, about the Jesus movement, which some of us here were a part of, or at least watched it, witnessed it. I saw it firsthand. Fifty years later, God moves again in Asbury, Kentucky, like he did in 1972 or 70. And here we go again. History is going to repeat itself, and God is moving again in revival, except this revival is going to be so much greater than what happened in the 60s, you won't even believe it. And we're going to see miracles, signs and wonders and healings, and I predict we're going to see millions of people come to faith in Christ. We saw what the devil did with this pandemic, right? Good try, devil. Now see what God does with the power of the Holy Spirit and moves because of the great love he has for people. Hallelujah. So we're blessed to see God once again move. And you know that California is a very unique state. We were talking about this and listening to that. Of all the 50 states, there's 50, right? <laughs> Alaska and Hawaii being the last two. Um, California is very unique. You live in California, I would think, unless you flew in today. And if you're listening online, then you may be somewhere else. But this place in Southern California has been very unique. And there have been many great moves of God that have occurred in California, and specifically in Southern California. You ever heard of the Azusa Street Revival? Happened in around the 1900s. I'm sorry, the turn of the century. Yeah, 1900s, 1905, 1908. And uh, Seymour was the individual that spearheaded that revival. Evan Roberts, at the same time, was experiencing revival over in the land of Welsh or in the land of Scotland, right? So... 
revivals have occurred in America, but a lot of the times they occur in California. And we're going to see God move in great power in this state once again. Praise God. Are you getting anything out of this? I hope you are. So then what is faith and how does it work? We've been talking about it. Faith in the word of God is a supernatural gift. The Bible says in Romans 12, 3, everyone has been given a gift or the measure of faith. So all of us get faith at salvation. Now, what you do with that faith depends on what you want to do. If you use it, you'll get more. If you don't use it, you'll lose a little bit you have. Will you lose your salvation? No. But you won't progress in the things of God. So use what you have, and God will give you more. Amen? Do you want more? I know I do. So faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Faith is the realization or reality, the confidence, the assurance of things that we're hoping for will come to pass in our life. Think about it. Are there things in your life that you're hoping for? If you don't, then you're not alive. <laughs> we all have hopes and dreams, right? And some of you say, well, I'm too old for them. Hey, keep dreaming. Keep believing, right? God gives us dreams, and he gives us visions. And so God wants to fulfill those in our life. He wants to has good plans for us. He wants to give us a future and a hope. He thinks thoughts of peace and not evil towards his people. But faith is the assurance that what you're hoping for in life, you're going to receive. Amen? Praise God. Faith brings our hopes into reality. We mentioned last week, faith is a catalyst. Maybe I didn't mention that, but it's important we understand that. A catalyst is a person or thing that precipitates an event. Faith initiates events in our life that connect us with the Lord and his presence and power. If you want to receive an answer in prayer, you're going to have to operate in faith because that will be the catalyst, catalyst that will initiate the process of God's power being released in your life. I gave you last week the illustration of a gasoline car. Anybody still have a gasoline car? <laughs> a lot of people have electric cars. We have an electric car, but we also have a gas car. And um, we said that in a spiritual analogy, faith represents the spark that ignites the connection between heaven and earth, humans and God himself and his presence. Faith is a supernatural force or entity that governs all the laws of God's kingdom and is working in our life. You say, Pastor, this is great, but I, I, I want some faith. How do I get some faith? <laughs> faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. If you want faith, hear the word of God like today. Receive the word and faith will grow in your life and you'll walk out of this place going, you know what? I have a greater capacity to believe. I'm going to start believing God. <laughs> he can do those things in my life. That's faith talking. Amen? Faith reaches into the unseen world and believes all things are possible. Jesus said all things are possible to, who, to those who believe and nothing is impossible with God. Praise God. Now, that sets some high standards and possibilities in our life. We can obtain all things through faith and faith in his word. Can I give you one more illustration on faith? When you were a kid, did you ever go to a, like a, a restaurant, and in the foyer, there was this little like glass box, and in the glass box were all these stuffed animals. Maybe you've taken a kid or a grandkid there, and you put your little money in the thing, and it has this mechanical arm, and you know what I'm with me? And you manipulate this arm to go down and grab a stuffed animal. And if you get a hold of it, you can actually bring it out and drop it into the little container and it pops out. But it's not all that easy. And so people do it and they spend more and more money. 
trying to grab one of these stuffed animals. Faith is like that. It reaches out into the unseen world and it gets hold of the blessings and the answers to prayer and grabs them and brings them out of the unseen world into reality in your life. That's how faith operates. And God has given you that gift. Now, as long as you operate within the guidelines of the Word of God, because you can't operate outside of the, the, the guidelines of the Word of God. I mean, if, if you're married and you say, Lord, oh, just give me a new wife. Well, that's, that's not according to Scripture. Sorry, God's not going to do that. And if you're stubborn and you go do that, you're going to get in a mess of trouble, right? But if it's in the Word of God, you can stand on the promises of God and ask God to bring it to pass in your life. All the promises of God are what? Yes and amen. You say, Pastor, how many promises are in the Bible? Over 7,000. Over 7,000. How many of them do you know? <laughs> you talk to a friend. They have a problem. Just a minute. You go in the Bible. You find them a promise. Stand on this word. Believe. If you're a believer, believe that God will bring this promise to pass in your life. That's what we call standing on the word of God to receive the blessing of God. Very quickly, and we're going to close. Now, this is so important. Faith is not always feelings, and feelings are not always faith. You know, when I became a Christian in 1972 in a balmy night, guess how I came to the Lord? I think I told you guys. Through Campus Crusade for Christ. Anybody remember that ministry? Bill Bright? Yeah. God used him mightily. God loves you, and has a wonderful plan for your life. Man is sin and sinful and separated from God. Thus, he cannot know and experience God's abundant life. We must individually receive Christ in our life to experience that abundant life. But at the end of his little illustration, he's got the Word of God, he's got the facts of the Word, he's got faith, and guess what the caboose is? Feelings. Feelings. And see, we get it all messed up, and we say, well, uh, I feel it, I feel it, that's got to be God. Or, I don't feel anything, that can't be God. Trust me, Feelings are not always faith, and faith is not always feelings. Feelings come as a human being. We all have feelings. But don't assume just because you feel a certain way that that's faith, because it isn't always true. A great man of God named Smith Wigglesworth, how do you like that for a name, once said, I can't understand God by feelings. I can't understand Jesus by feelings. I can only understand God by what the Word says about him. The only way you can really understand God is to believe what the Word says no matter what you feel, no matter what you see, no matter what your circumstances are saying to you. If we believe the Word of God and His promises, it doesn't matter how we feel. Sometimes you will feel good, believe me, and that's okay. Paul said that we might feel the presence of the Lord, but sometimes you'll believe God and you'll have no feeling, and guess what? It'll work. Something will happen in your life. And whether you felt it or not, God will bring it to pass. Too many people are trying to get acquainted with God through their feelings. Oh, I felt God in that service. Then the next week, I didn't feel God. I didn't feel anything. Where did he go? He didn't go anywhere. You may have felt him one week and not the next week, but it doesn't matter. God was there every week. <laughs> and as you get more sensitive in the things of God, you'll begin to understand the presence of the Holy Spirit. It's not so much a feeling, it's a sense. And you can say, I sense the presence of the Lord here. I can sense the fire of God is in this place. The presence of God is here. In our church, we're going to see God manifest himself through his power and presence. You may feel great things. You may feel nothing. It doesn't matter. If God is here, it'll make all the difference. Amen? Praise God.
So, we don't walk by feeling, we walk by faith. Now, I'm not opposed to feelings, but we don't live by them. You know, those of you that have been married or are married, if you live just by your feelings, you might last a week. <laughs> Today I love you, tomorrow, maybe not. You know, and that's the problem. So many people, that's how they base their marriage relationship on feelings. Yeah, you want to have feelings, and you want to have romantic feelings, but you can't base a marriage on just feelings. You base it on commitment, on love, on the blessing you get out of relationship with someone that you love and care for. You see, Thomas had feeling faith, and uh, his name was called Didymus. Thomas was a doubter. He was one of the 12 disciples. And when Jesus rose from the dead, they had heard that Jesus was alive, and Thomas said, well, I won't believe it till I can put my finger into the holes in his hands, in his feet. Otherwise, I don't believe he's alive. That's called doubt. Doubt, and you go without. Believe, and you receive. Jesus showed up in their midst. That's just like Jesus. Hey, Thomas, here I am. You asked, he already knew, he knows all things. You asked to see the holes in my hands. I'm alive. Thomas is probably trembling, going crazy. Oh my gosh, he's alive. And there's the holes where the nails were driven, right? Probably right through here. He says, come on, Thomas, go ahead. Put your finger right there. There's a real hole there. Yeah, that's where I was crucified. But Jesus said, blessed are those who believe who have not seen. See, Thomas only believed because why? He saw. A lot of Christians only believe when they see. Oh, pastor, I'll come to your church when it's huge. But if it's like a few people, I'm not going to show up there. I'm going down the block. There's something better happening. How do you know what's better happening down the block, right? We don't go by our feelings. We walk by faith and faith alone. Now, let's contrast Thomas' faith. And still, Jesus loved him and showed him the holes. But Thomas missed it. Now, I believe later, Thomas became a very ardent, strong follower of Christ. And they were all martyred for their faith, except one apostle. Do you know who didn't die uh, by martyrdom? John the apostle. He died an old man. He's the one that wrote the book of... Revelation on the island of Patmos, a little remote island off the, uh, the, the country of Greece. And there he wrote the most mighty and powerful book in the Bible, Revelation. And guys, we are walking into those pages right now in the book of Revelation. So get excited. Things are happening, I tell you. Now let's look at Caleb's faith. Who was Caleb, pastor? Well, there were 12 spies that went into the land to spy out the land. And Moses said, okay, I'm going to send a spy. We'll send 12 guys in. They'll go in and check out this land. So they go in stealth. You know what that means? Secretively. They go in, they go, oh my gosh. It's a land flowing with milk and honey. There's pomegranates. There's uh, uh, grapes and there's abundance of fruit and blessing is flowing in this land. But there's one little problem. There's these giants in there. And they said, they're, they're like giants and we're like grasshoppers. We'll never be able to take these people. Ten of the spies said, forget it. They came back to, to Moses and the people and said, it's not going to work. We can't, the land is, God said the land's good, but we can't take these people. But two guys said, no way. God said, the land is ours. We can overcome them. We can take them. I don't care what the odds are. And those two guys' names were Caleb and Joshua. And they're the only two that went into the promised land out of that generation. Why? Because they believed and they spoke the word of God and they entered in. The rest of them, guess what happened to them? They died in the wilderness. 
The Bible says their corpse fell in the wilderness. Why? Because they doubted the word of God. So we need to be believers and not doubters. We need to walk by faith and not by sight, not by circumstances. I've learned that if I've learned anything in my walk in God now, it's been 65 years, you got to walk by faith and not by sight. Because your circumstances will tell you all kinds of crazy things. Don't look at the circumstances. Look at the truth of the Word of God, what God has promised to you, and stand on that Word, and life will change for you. Let's pray. Thank you for listening to Pastor Scott Huffman from Lighthouse Church. Join us for a Sunday service at 10 a.m. in Irvine, California, or you can log in into Facebook and watch us live. Blessings, and we'll see you next week.